Welcome to Bridges and Tech, a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of women of color in tech. My name is Joanna Udo, and I am your host. Every week, I chat with a woman of color in technology, a recruiter, a leader, or other technology professionals to learn more about the challenges that they face, their perspectives on the issue of diversity, and how we can collectively help increase our representation of women of color in the industry. If you're new to the show, thank you and welcome to the family. If you've been here before, thanks for tuning in again and for the overwhelming support Um, I truly appreciate all of you, and I hope that you will enjoy this next episode and keep coming back for more. This week, I sit down with a woman who has experience in information technology as a whole, uh, cybersecurity, and very specifically, drone security. I cannot wait for you to learn all about her. So let's get into it. Welcome, Tamiko, to the show. I am so glad that you uh, agreed to chat with me today about your, you know, experiences and share some of your, um, some of the lessons learned with our audience. So to get started. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Um, you know, who are you? How did you get to where you are? Um, type thing. Okay. Um, again, thank you for having me. I really, truly appreciate this opportunity of having me on your Bridge Tech show. And I've been in cybersecurity. Well, actually, I've been in information technology for like at least 20 years. I received my uh, bachelor's degree in computer science at Clark Atlanta University. Uh, During my IT experience, I have been doing um, a a little bit of cybersecurity uh, before the existing name. But however, I've never seen myself elevate to that next level. So I decided to, you know, go back to school after so many years and receive my master's degree in cybersecurity technology at uh, University of Maryland. Now it's called Global Campus. A little bit. So it's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it it was challenging, you know, from, you know, uh, not being in school and then after 20 years, you know, go back to school oh, yeah. and everything. It's a completely so, different world. Most definitely. I had to learn everything over, <laughs> a lot of things over. And, um, but now a little bit before graduation, I end up getting a mentor. And I want to let people know that a mentor is really important in your career. So my mentor, everybody probably know him as Dr. Cybersecurity himself, Dr. Mansour Asim. <laughs> and he was so excited about me graduating because he said, I cannot wait 
until you graduate because you're going to start speaking at cybersecurity conferences. And I'm like, oh. what? Man. <laughs> okay. That's uh, a <laughs> wow, that's, that's life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he definitely did. And I'm like, man, the pressure is on for real. Yeah. I thought I was going to relax. I was gonna relax for a minute after graduation but no it's like it's time to roll now so (laughs) so I was I was like I said the pressure was on so I was thinking because of the fact that he's my mentor and he takes the time out to help me and to groom me I don't want to disappoint him Mm -hmm. so regardless if I wanted to do it or not you know, I'm going to do it because I, I know what I wanted. I want a mentor to help me to get to that next level in my career so, because I didn't have that before. And so after graduation, um, I was thinking, man, well, what should I talk about? I even asked him, like, what should I talk about? He said, you went through the program. You should, you should have something to talk about. And I was like, dang. So one day, I talked to my, my god brother. His name is DeAndre McKinnon. And I, I spoke with him. And I was so excited about cybersecurity that I wanted him to jump on board where I was in cybersecurity. He was like, no, nah, no more school for me, sis. I'm good. I'm going <laughs> to check out this drone business. And I'm like, drone business? What? So I was like, okay, drone business. So... I, I was thinking I was Googling it. I was trying to figure out what it, what it was. So I Googled it and, and I saw a, a seminar that's coming to Atlanta, drone business seminar. And, you know, after, um, after, and, and I just found, this is when I just found out Facebook does what it does, where if you Google something and then you go on Facebook, you'll see that advertisement of what you Googled. And I kept seeing that advertisement like so much, like Mm -hmm. drone business seminar in Atlanta on this date, blah, blah, blah. And at that time I was thinking, oh, you know, this is, this is a sign for me to go to the seminar, you know, not thinking this is what (laughs) Facebook does. Mm -hmm. So, so I I decided, so after a while I decided to go to the seminar and unfortunately my godbrother couldn't go, but I gathered a lot of information from him. I mean, from the seminar to give to him. But when I was at the seminar, I was trying to figure out, okay, you know, because back in the day, I used to do, uh, I used to fly remote control helicopters, uh, remote control planes, but they were a little difficult to fly, but I was still intrigued about the drones because you know, drones fly, whatever, but I didn't know how it, it hovered or anything. But when I went to that seminar, they did a demonstration. And the demonstration was that they using a cell phone, tablets to control these drones. And I'm like, okay, so all I could think about, you know, the, the wireless connection, um, you know, uh, hackers inter- intercepting into the signal. And then I start thinking about, oh, they're collecting, you know, photos, aerial footage and things in that nature. So a, a hacker can actually, you know, hack into the drone and probably get the footage. And mm-hmm. then 
something said, bing. I was like, I could talk about this because nobody's talking about it. <laughs> so, so that's, so that's how I like really got into drones. And then after, after the seminar and everything, a lot of the drone, um, a lot of the people that was interested in drones and everything, they wanted to get together, start a network, create a, uh, we create our own business. So then I ended up creating my business called Aerial Footprint. And I thought it was a pretty catchy name because it deals with drones and digital footprint, you know, cybersecurity. So, so I decided to uh, name my business that. Now, I didn't have a particular focus on my mm -hmm. business at the time. I just knew I wanted to fly drones and get paid. And, and that's <laughs> see, it. <laughs> you know, reasonable to me. <laughs> Yes, that's all I wanted to do. And then I started thinking, okay, why don't I start doing research with you know under my under my under my business? And then also with Dr. Hasi wanting me to speak because of the predicament that actually the, the situation I was in where if I speak at a conference, I could not use my contractor's name you know, because they don't do drones. They don't deal with drones. Oh, oh. You know, and it was, a, it was just a contracting company trying to, you know, recruiting company. Mm -hmm. And also as working as a contractor under the CDC, I couldn't use their name because I'm not an employee. Mm -hmm. so, so that's when Dr. Hasib started putting into my mind that you need your own brand. And that's how I started learning and understanding about branding. I was like, well, I was like, I'll use, I'll use my business and that would be my brand for people to know me with, you know, being in cybersecurity and having the interest with drones. Mm. And, and I guess, well, I actually, so after that, I started speaking at uh, different, different conferences, and, and I actually won, like, from one of my conference, I guess they liked it so much because also I brought in another creative ability that I have, which is rapping. Yeah, I, or, yeah I've you heard know. the rest. <laughs> <laughs> That's something so, we're going to have to have you do at the end of this. So, I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. Okay. On the spot rapping. <laughs> freestyle huh well, yeah. I, well actually actually mine won't be freestyle i already know my raps so. oh, <laughs> don't but, tell them that <laughs> just kidding oh, oh yeah yeah so, so but but yes so and i use my you know uh my rap or even poems in my presentation which you know which set me you know set set me apart Yes, set me apart uh, from anybody else. Where I won a Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu Award, a rising star. I'm guessing either they liked the rap or at the, but during that presentation, I also demonstrated I had a hack into a drone and I hacked oh, into a drone. Cool. 
So I don't know if they like the rap or me hacking into a drone. <laughs> so Probably both. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, because I wanted to do something different. Because every time I go to a conference, people always say, oh, another boring conference. I'll just get my CPEs. And that's it. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me see if I can make something exciting happen or whatever. And yes, I was nervous, but at the same time, I knew I needed to do it. I knew I had to do it because I felt that anything that I do that I don't want to do, it would challenge me and, and help me grow because I don't want to do it. And I don't want, and, and because of the, and the reason, the main reason of not wanting to do it is because you're nervous or whatever. And it's like that you're overcoming your fears. So I told myself while I'm in this field, if there's anything I need to do and anything I need to do to overcome my fears, I'll, I'll just do it. I'm not going to say no and everything so so like I said so I won those two awards Women's Society of Cyber Jitsu and the ISC Square up and coming ISA ISLA award then I all later on actually last year I created a cybersecurity momentum group uh, momentum movement group on LinkedIn and the group started off where people reached out to me and trying to figure out, well, how did you get into cybersecurity? How did you get in there? And, and, and they kept seeing my post. So, mm -hmm. and, and they're, and they're trying to find their way themselves. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, well, so it was like 20 people. So I was mm -hmm. like, okay, well, why don't, why don't I create a group and let us come together and help one another to try to find our way into the field. And I was, my plan was at the time to network because I'm, I'm, I'm always networking or always talking to someone, always going to conferences. Why don't I figure out, well, who's the point person at different companies and keep in contact with them so my group can probably go on their website fill out a fill out a um you know application or sending them their resume and when that happened they would come and and say hey i applied for this position or whatever and i will go to the inside connection for mm -hmm. them to at least pull their resume so they can eat, at least get to the top mm -hmm. so they can at least get an interview Regardless, you know, I, I, even though I will want them to get a job, I truly want them to get a job, but it will help them build their character. It will help them build their, their self-esteem and, and anything else that they want to build because of the fact that they got the opportunity to talk with someone, a live person or whatever. So then I expanded the group where... I'm starting to post a, a lot of uh, free training, especially now, free training, uh, webinars, uh, any, I mean, anything that, that will help them. And I welcome anybody to, uh, to, to that group. That is such an uh, incredible uh, story. And 
well intro I, I should say and one more thing <laughs> go ahead no. I, I don't I don't want to leave out women's society of cyber jitsu I became a in January of this year I became a uh a, a Atlanta chapter founding member there so I'm helping out with that and and we're um I'm looking forward to expanding with the volunteer, expanding the whole Atlanta chapter and everything. So, so I'm part of that too. So, okay, now, now we're done. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just fine. wanted to get them. I just wanted to get them in there. Cause, yeah. I and, would link um, that as well. Um, when I put this in, I'll put that in the description as well. Um, so everybody has easy access to it. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, and I love that intro because I have now a lot of questions. So, oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I started with three, uh, four questions and I haven't even gotten into that yet. And I now have more. So be prepared. Um, <laughs> so okay. one of one of the things that came up in that uh, introduction is you mentioned the importance of um, mentoring, right? Finding a mentor uh, because yes. a lot of the things that you've been able to do with uh, within cybersecurity has be has been because your mentor sparked that fire in you, and yes. um, a, a lot of people don't understand that and I and I don't know if it's because they either aren't aware that this is a thing um, yes. that you need to do or it's important so I'm gonna ask how did you determine that you needed a mentor I knew I needed a mentor a long time ago a long, when I say a long time ago, a long time ago. Now I had people that I looked up to, a few mm -hmm. people, but to be honest with you, I've never had too many people in IT that I could really look up to. Maybe mm -hmm. one person, but he, I, but he, I call him at the time I called him my godfather. That's it. You know, I didn't call, he, he was, he was just there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just trying to give me suggestions or whatever. But the thing is, I felt I needed like someone to, to help me guide me because from the time you're growing up, mm -hmm. uh, you, you don't know what you want to be when you grow up half the time, you're just going to just say something, mm -hmm. but you never had, you never will have that. Well, in at least my case, I never had that structure where I know exactly what I want to be or do, or nothing has been really exposed to me. Mm -hmm. I have to go out and try things myself. And if I make a mistake, oh, well, get up and do something else. But mm -hmm. years probably has passed, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> after you get, finally get up. Mm -hmm. and everything I'm like man I would love I kept saying to myself I would love to have a mentor that would that that's genuine someone that I know that um you know have my best interests mm -hmm. someone that that's not just doing it because so they could just say they're a mentor you know right because some people do that. I mean, I had people when I first started LinkedIn I, and posting things, I had people 
coming up to me, want to be my mentor, and I'm and and it feel like they dropped me, and I'm like, I you know, I do nothing. They they just wanted to say <laughs> that they I mentored this you. person. <laughs> add it to their resume move on (laughs) yes so when so the thing so the thing is you know when I met Dr. Hasid as because he was he was a program chair of of the school University of Maryland global campus I when he when he started talking at first I was like ah this is you know this is too too you know, un, unreal, the stuff mm-hmm. that he was saying. I, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'll just take it as a grain of salt or whatever. And, but when he started showing what he was doing on mm-hmm. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? He's going to be my mentor. You know, he don't notice yet, but he's going <laughs> to be my mentor. <laughs> I mean, and, and, but I had to make sure I wasn't sure if he was looking for mentees too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just knew he wanted to help students in general, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't sure. So I, I so I kind of, kind of grabbed him, you know, you know, mentally and said, and and also talked to him and told him, I do want you to be my mentor, and I am up for any challenge you know, that you have for me or whatever, because I don't, I do not want to waste your time. And, and I know you do not want to waste my time or whatever. <laughs> so we was like mostly LinkedIn. We never really talked or whatever. And this is probably not part of your question, but. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the thing, I guess the thing is with, um, you know, just trying to get a mentor is I, I knew I needed help. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I don't, I didn't need help to try to get to my career mm-hmm. because when I was in, cause I used to work at the Georgia aquarium and I was with a lot of senior leaderships, uh, the VPs, the C, uh, the C suites and everything. And I would just listen to some conversations, you know, and, and the conversations I would, I would hear about, they're saying that they got a sponsor for this. Uh, they got to get a mentor for this, you know, for them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, that's stuck in my head. Uh, getting a mentor, like, I really need to find a mentor, but mm-hmm. I can't, I couldn't find one at the time. Mm-hmm. And, but something else stuck in my head, finding a sponsor. Now, mm-hmm. when I got into... Now, when I got into, I actually got into cybersecurity and being like really active on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. I keep seeing sponsors, sponsors, sponsorship. And I'm like, I don't think that that's what they were talking about at Georgia Aquarium, you know, um, because they were talking about sponsors for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so there's more than one definition to sponsorship. Mm-hmm. So then there was this, um, I, but I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out, but I knew it was somebody that would take the lead to tell other people about the other person, you know? So it's, um, so when I, I seen, I finally saw a video, a, a Ted talk, this one lady, 
she talked about mentorship and sponsorship and the difference. And when she was talking, I was like, that's Dr. Hasib all day, you know, cause he's, because a sponsor is a person that is willing to go above and beyond to, to tell people about you, to, uh, to give you, well, not necessarily give you praise, but let people know what you're capable of. It's almost like I'm vouching for you and I'm letting everybody know. So I had to, I ended up telling Dr. Hasib, you're my sponsor. You're not just my mentor because you're constantly putting me out there. You're mm -hmm. constantly, you know, you know, bragging to people about me. And, and I truly appreciate that. So, so yeah, so that's um, such a good point. Uh, I've personally never thought about uh, like spon uh, sponsorship um, as a thing like that, like the way you described it. Uh, but as you mentioned that, I am thinking about, you know, like people that go to AA meetings and stuff like that, they mm -hmm. have a sponsor. And that's what the sponsors sort of do for them. And now mm -hmm. that you mention it, everybody should have a career sponsor. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm about, to, I'm about to go find me one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, and, and that's when building relationships come, you know, come to play. Because mm -hmm. a person can't be your sponsor unless they know you. Right. unless you build some type of relationship with them it's right. it's um i mean there i mean there is like like uh fly by night sponsors like mm -hmm. for instance let's just say you want to be you want to um win an award or something somebody just might write some things about you mm -hmm. and 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 i kind of look at that as um like a, a sponsor for you know telling them about you and and how you know how you should get an award and, and things of that nature but it's like i don't know i guess i look at dr i see like is a lifelong sponsor and somebody that just know me and right. and he understand knows you, he knows you he understands how you work and he yes. also knows that you're not going to let him down because when he sponsors you he's sort of putting his name on the line so exactly if you weren't a person that was trustworthy or and would be able to do those things that he's saying that you can do then it doesn't look good for him so i can mm -hmm. totally see that where you know you just don't want anybody you want to make sure you truly know them uh and know what they're capable of exactly and that's that's why i try my best to tell people you have to go out and network and meet people and build relationships because you never know you may have a sponsor uh, that that can get you in the door for a job mm -hmm. and you probably don't even need the interview, exactly. <laughs> you know, because of the fact that he's, he or she sponsored you, you know, where they don't need to ask you questions, you know, for the job. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking at all angles here so just in oh, case, because yeah, no, I see that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I love it. Another thing that came out of the conversation, previous conversation, uh, when you introduced yourself was branding, um, self-branding. 
uh, a lot of people also don't know about this, you know, women of color, and not just women of color, but a lot of other people, they go, uh, they go out and they are representatives of the places that they work for. Well, once you don't work for that company anymore, what weighs your identity, right? What do you identify as? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting that you learned that well, mostly because you were stuck in the situation you were, uh, where you couldn't really use your company's name. So, um, exactly. you actually had to find something else, but there are other people that are able to use their company's name and they never really understand or feel the need, uh, to have their own personal branding. Right. Because just because you're a systems engineer, for X, Y, and Z company doesn't mean that's all you are, right? <laughs> like what, what right. else do you bring to the table and what more should we know about you? Um, yes. So how, what, what are some branding tips that you have for uh, people out there? Well, first know yourself, you know, know what you like to do, uh, know your hobbies, uh, figure out what you will do uh, that's you're passionate about where where you don't even need you, you don't even think about making money now after you do that you you bring it to your career field in this case cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. like for instance if you're if you like to you know teach people you know on the side or show them things and help them with this and 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 things of that nature bring it where it would make an impact on your career with cybersecurity. And then you will start doing it as you, as you get into the field with cybersecurity, you'll also be able to like show people, teach people and, and, and then come up with your brand of going out there and bringing awareness to the, to the cybersecurity community bringing awareness of what uh, you want to do in your way. And, and when I say do it in your way, let's just say you have a certain style of showing people. You have a certain style of teaching people. Like, like, um, like for instance, I guess with, with my situation, I guess I like the rap, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's, that's that because I like to write poems all my life. I always, always wrote a poem or a rap or something to that nature. And I always dreamed that, man, I might win an award one day. Maybe, I don't know, <laughs> you know, back, back in the day, when, you know, but I, I, I knew I was far fetched. It was like, that's impossible or whatever. But when I, but one day in my case, I sat down and I just started, you know, I was like, man, I, I, I really want to kind of, you know, write something about, you know, some of the issues that we're having in cybersecurity. So I'm like, huh, let me write it as a poem. So I just start writing, you know, start speaking it, start writing it. And, and it was, um, it was more so as a rap. And then I, I just put it on online. It, it was, it was homemade video, whatever. And it, it and I, I, and I showed it to Dr. Hasid or whatever, and he put it out there on LinkedIn. I mean, it was a janky video for real, 
but <laughs> but people was laughing at me. I, I was like the laughing stock in the beginning, even at work. And I was like, dang, this is so embarrassing. But but he was like, it's it's okay, it's okay. You know, you're out there and and you're bringing awareness and stuff stuff in that nature. But but all in all my personality is having fun. So, mm -hmm. and, and writing raps, writing poems, that's what I like to do without getting paid, you know, right. but, I mean, at the time, but you know, if somebody want to pay me now, I have no problem with that. So <laughs> I just wanted to, you know, be creative with it. Think outside the box. Yep. Think outside the box for sure. And because really thinking outside the box, using talent <laughs> that you already have, uh, and are passionate about, uh, but in your current career. I love that. Yes. I mean, I wish I could sing. I was sing about cybersecurity. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely sing. Uh, all right, you singers out there <laughs> in cybersecurity, you really should try this out. And then send me the link to the video so I can have a good laugh. <laughs> no I'm not singing I'll, I'll rap for sale poem I'm good no yeah I, 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 maybe one day I'll hire somebody to sing the background I did I, <laughs> you know what I did ask somebody I was in, in uh, San Francisco and I met this one girl and she and she she, she said she's singing and, and she had her, she showed me her album and everything I'm like well, maybe you can uh, sing my background cybersecurity it's like cyber security. You know? <laughs> See, you can sing. What are you talking no, about? I cannot sing. <laughs> you just did though. Like that just just keep that same key. Yeah, cyber now I gotta security. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, okay. I, I can't sing. So. Well, now I gotta clear my throat. <clears> throat> you know, so. so yeah, um, yeah, if they, go, if they know their talent, find their talent, uh, see what they're passionate about and um, see what and, and understand what they're good at and bring it into the bring it into the mix of cybersecurity. And then and then you won't get you will not get, you know, some people, this is what I hear. They get bored with it and you will not get bored with it because you you'll start understanding and learning the, the big picture of cybersecurity. It is not just that job that job the job does not define you and i tell people that all the time a job do not define you because i see people on linkedin they don't have a job so they're really not posting but as soon as they get their job they start posting everything yeah. i'm like i'm like they they had that job gave them the confidence that they need but at the same mm -hmm. time it's like being who you are Mm -hmm. should uh bring that confidence you know within you out everything, and some so. people don't and some people don't post on linkedin until they need a job right yes it's, it's like, okay <laughs> now i'm jobless oh my goodness let me hop on linkedin and start uh posting on here but you could have built those relationships prior to mm -hmm. losing your job and then when you need a new job uh, you are able to connect with those people, but now you have, you know, two weeks window to try and build a relationship and hopefully mm -hmm. get a job. <laughs> and it's like, how exactly social and the, media and branding. <laughs> and that's the thing. And I guess that's the thing from back in 
you know, way back when where that's, that's the way, you know, you know, it's like you get a job and then you're somebody. Right, that's the way, and that's the way people feel, that's the way people see other people, and I noticed that because since I've gotten my brand, I will go to conferences now, and t- they, people love to ask me, come up to me and say, so what do you do, or whatever. If mm-hmm. I just say what I did at that job, it's like, oh, okay, you know, pretty much an average joke. Or Joanne, uh, Joe, <laughs> average Joanna. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I wow. Didn't no, I didn't, I didn't say. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so when you have your brand mm-hmm. and going to these conferences, that's when your confidence really becomes stronger because you're telling and you believe in, in your brand. You're telling mm-hmm. them what you do. You tell mm-hmm. them how, uh, you know, about who you it. Are. Exactly. Who you are. Excuse and because, because I'm, you know, I would tell people you are somebody, but you just have to bring it out. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. And that, and that's, that's so important too, not being tied to uh, your job. Like it's good to, you know, it's good that you have a job. It's good that you, feel that connected to it but it's also not everything that you are um so I struggle personally with um introducing myself usually I sort of gauge it based on you know what the event is about and see which one of me I want to appear as that day Um, oh okay (laughs) but yeah I have have a full-time job and uh, I do business consulting I do uh, I run a business and I'm a realtor. <laughs> like I'm like so many things that just being the person that does this job is not enough. Uh, so I call myself like Joanna of all trades, master of none. Um, you do a lot, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yes, yeah, so I guess it depends on uh, you know who you talk to of right. what 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 part of you you want to introduce yourself to. Yeah, but so. what but, but what I was trying to get at there was that I try you know not I have to have a personal brand and not be tied to you know my job only mm-hmm. uh, because there's more to it and a lot of the skills that I use in all my side hustles I mm-hmm. also use them at work um, mm-hmm. whether it's directly or indirectly because I have those skill sets already um, so I think differently. I'm not like your regular technology person. I see things as the business owner. I see things as this person that is trying to, uh, you know, start a new business. So like a startup. Um, so I'm always thinking of all those things as I make like technology decisions. But if I don't show myself as that person, um, then it's sort of hard to bring them all together. And I think mm-hmm. People, tend, yeah. like, people lose a lot of themselves, right? They, they lose so much of them uh, because they put themselves in a box. Exactly. <laughs> they put themselves in a box. And, and, and by that person putting themselves in a box, they are uh, bringing that energy to other people putting you in a box exactly. as well. Yes. <laughs> so, you give and other that, people permission to put you in mm-hmm. a box when you started it exactly most definitely so and and i'm and i'm trying my best to uh expand 
with me and my brand because people are putting me in a box with my drone business. They said, oh, well, we don't do drones, but we got this job, you know, or something, something of that nature. I'm like, well, you know, that's not all I do, you know, because mm -hmm. drones are like computer systems as well. Right. So, and the same and skill sets can be applied to other uh, devices. Exactly. But people don't see that because drones are so new. I'm like mm -hmm. the future, you know, and I have, <laughs> then I have to train them. I have to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> about uh, about it like mm -hmm. for instance i mean can you really see me doing risk management and, and you already know my background in drones you know i don't know because people don't put those two together there's a lot of risk management going goes on with drones you know mm -hmm. on a technical perspective as well as a, a human interaction perspective and even a a, a natural perspective <laughs> you know dealing with the you know fire and tornadoes and stuff like that you have to have a a, a plan a risk management or pro a process mm -hmm. in order to protect your drone so right. i, I <laughs> so, see anyway. that i see the whole thing right i mean it's also going to have uh, vulnerabilities that can be exploited and it's not mm -hmm. just drones so are other devices so if you use the same method that you use to identify the vulnerabilities for drones you can use that same method to find vulnerabilities for other systems exactly so, yeah. most definitely <laughs> that's and, just one technology right and you know i, I mean because i could be like a, a you know, eventually one day, maybe a mobile hacker or something. <laughs> so, because uh, you have to use a cell phone or a tablet to control the drones. So, yeah. so yeah. So, but people don't, don't see that. It's like, they want to put me in a box and yeah. I'm not, I'm not about the box. I'm about yeah, outside. Like, I'm box. getting out of this box. <laughs> you I'm keep getting your out box. Of, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> keep your <It's>, box. <laughs> Because <laughs> even the, even the uh, cell phone, they could be a vulnerability on the cell phone that when exploited can actually affect the drone. So it's not just knowing the drone, it's knowing the, uh, the mobile phone, but yeah. that exact same vulnerability could also affect something else, right? Insulin pumps, whatever else it is that that cell phone is connected to, devices connected to the same Wi-Fi, the list yeah. goes on and on. Like, for instance, yeah, because I even thought about, uh, well, maybe I could tap into um, satellite, you know, because uh, they're going to, you know, they get, they're going to get hacked or they probably have gotten hacked. I haven't looked it up yet, but, you know, everybody, did. <laughs> everybody and their mom has been hacked already. <laughs> right. <laughs> Most definitely so. So yeah, so it can it can be expanded and, and everything, but but hopefully I answered your question with the with the branding part, yeah, you because know, I I went I went on a whim, you know, with the whole thing. <laughs> no, I I love it, I love it. Um, <laughs> so so when I was reading your bio, um, which is what was submitted when uh, I requested that you be on this podcast, it says that you have. Uh, you are licensed as an FAA uh, certified drone pilot. Um, I did not know about this. <laughs> I was like, what? So I had to, uh, you know, get on Google, uh, quickly look at this. But can you can you tell our audience, uh, you know, what you have to do to uh, be certified and why you need it? 
Sure. Okay. So like, like I was mentioning before about my uh, drone business, uh, me and a, a group of, of, and, and you know what, I, I want to give a shout out to Artan Red Tail Aerial Network. That's the network that I'm, I was, you know, part of, or still part of. Okay. And, um, and we decided to, you know, because of the fact uh, we was starting our own business, which means you're going to collect money. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you're, if you're using your drone um, on a monetary perspective or monetizing, uh, you would need some type of uh, certification, uh, the FAA part 107 certification, because uh, it's, it's against the re- uh, regulations to to use your drone on a commercial level, um, with unless you have a Part One Hundred Seven um, drone certification, and and that's that's how and why I I got mine just in case I get paid to fly my drones. Uh, now, even if I. And from from what I what I understand from what I read, even if you talk about your drone, <laughs> you talk talk have your drone with you, talk about it. They pay you. You need some type of uh, certification, but 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 they emphasize more on flying, gotcha. and 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 how to get your certification. Oh well, before I go into that. Now, recreational flying, you don't need your certification. You don't, you, you could just fly recreational, um, but it's starting to become a big deal because of the fact that you can't, if, if you're doing it recreational, you can't fly in a certain airspace. You know, cause that's, there's, that's one of the things I read uh, was depending on what airspace you're going to, you cannot without a certification get into some of them right so that's when you use like this app called airman 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 yes and it would tell you it would ask you questions like are you flying for recreational or commercial uh do you have your uh, part 107 certification you know if you say yes commercial yes uh part 107 type of deal then you then these are the places you can fly you know, mm. which you have more leeway than a recreational flyer, gotcha. everything, and so, so that so and the thing is, you can you can use so you can use it. You could be you can be a, a commercial flyer, even though you may not get paid for it. Even but okay. they, I mean, let's just say you're doing some testing. Let's just say you're doing um you know on a job training or something it's just something or whatever um you can use that app and put uh that you are part 107 because you're flying mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, and then you get yourself in trouble <laughs> exactly now if you have a part 107 pilot so pilot pilot in charge Mm-hmm. And 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 if you and let's just say you, Joanna, you know, mm-hmm. decide to fly, and I'm the pilot in charge. I have to be there with you if you decide that you want to fly. Oh, so 
serious business. <laughs> yeah. So I have to be, because if something happens, it oh. will, if it crash, if it lands, you know, if it hits somebody in the head, mm-hmm. they will look at me and not necessarily you. Oh. Um, and that's, and that's if we're using, using this time as commercial flights, you know, gotcha. hobbyists, you know, I just give you the remote control. You go on about your business and that's on you, you know, <laughs> so, but on a commercial level. <laughs> yeah. Somebody needs to be blamed for it for sure. No, <laughs> that's so, good to know though. Yeah, so now they're they're starting to have regulations for for recreational flyers. I don't know if they're actually going out there on the FAA part uh, FAA.gov site to to look at what they can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, but how to get your Part 107? And it seemed like it was like a long process, you know, because I was trying to figure out, well, how do you actually do it? Mm-hmm. So. I had to find a testing center. Well, actually, first, I bought a book. Yeah, that's the first thing I did. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. Yes, I bought a book. I I, I did self-study. Now, there are drone companies out there that is willing to train you. Mm -hmm. But I decided, just like these, just like the cybersecurity certification, I bought a book. And I, you know, self-taught myself. Uh, mm-hmm. educated myself and I read read the book did a, a lot of practice tests online did a google search on practice tests the, um, the book may give you some some websites and things of that nature to uh, to prepare for the test uh, there's an app that I, I use um, it it helps you get more beyond um, just just trying to pass the test it it talks more about the weather and all the other stuff, but that's if you want to get deeper into it, but, but more so the book and, and, um, these practice tests will help you. Mm -hmm. So after I felt that, and it took me like, maybe it could have took, it could have taken me maybe like a, maybe a few weeks or whatever, no more than a month. Okay. But I wanted to grasp it more. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to get more into it and understand it more <clears throat> because I'm all about the big picture. Mm-hmm. And so after so after that I had to figure out well, I have to go I, I need to go to like a where can I take this test? How can I uh register and, and things of that nature? And that's when I had to do a Google search. Did a Google search and and of how to, uh, where can I take the test? And I got like all these local airports. So people are taking tests at these local airports in your community and, and you are scheduling the tests with a pilot or somebody that's there and everything. So, so that's how I, I went there, took the test course passed it and and then after after that I got like a, a a printout that I passed and and I could use this when I fly mm-hmm. and everything and then later you will have to register 
your drone and oh and that's another good thing you have to register your drone regardless if you're a recreational flyer or a commercial flyer and you'll get like a i call it a license uh tag like on your car but you'll get one of those you you'll get like a, a number with um with numbers and and letters and and things of that nature and you stick it all on the outside of your drone because wow. If something happens to your drone or if uh, you've done something crazy, uh, if it went to a, the airport accidentally or something, regardless, you had that sticker, they can um, figure out who you are mm -hmm. so they can call you and, or find you or <laughs> call, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like some, some fines are like $20,000. Like, like this one guy in Las Vegas, his I don't know if he he if he did any checks, you know, pre-checks before he flew his drone or whatever, but it did a a call to takeaway. He did a takeaway uh where the drone just flew off and he couldn't control it no more. And it oh, went goodness. to this he went to this the drone ended up landing in his airport. Uh McCarrington, I think the McCarrington Airport or whatever. So so he they finally found him. I don't, uh, I don't know if he had stickers on his drone, but they ended up finding him and they, and they find him like $20,000, even though I think he's fighting it or because he said my drone just went off and I couldn't control it. So, so there's, well, it was a drone, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so there, I mean, it's almost like zero tolerance with uh, with the law enforcers and the mm -hmm. FAA. It's almost zero tolerance if your drone fly to to um, a location where it don't need to be or airspace where it don't need to be. It's, it's almost like hardcore. We don't find you for that. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> this stuff is new here. I mean, how, how are you doing it? But I, I, I don't want to put too much of my thought process of, of how I really feel about it on, on the air. <laughs> All right. Okay. So what is one of the uh, biggest security risks of a drone? I, I have to ask. Uh, privacy. Privacy. Privacy is a huge risk with the drone because um, many people cannot figure I mean, people find their drones and and there's a camera on there. So so if you have a drone flying your neighborhood, uh wait, is that is that the right question? That, wait, am I'm going because privacy wait. is is huge with drones. Yeah, but, it's a security risk or yeah. privacy risk if you want to keep them separately. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle yes. with security <laughs> privacy like I don't know. <laughs> Well, it's, I look at it as the same because it's a secu because secu with the security portion of it, it's, I mean, you're, you're invading people privacy where it's not secure. Their privacy is not secure. So, so I guess I look at it as, you know, being one of the same, mm -hmm. um, that's just me, but, um, but privacy is 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 huge they haven't gotten to the point where uh your privacy is secure you know because there's cameras on there mm -hmm. and let's just say 
Amazon, drop off your drone, you know, a package with your drone, with the drone. And let's just say um, they got to go fly through somebody's backyard, but they might be doing some things. I don't know. That's a privacy, you know, their privacy has been invaded by the drone beat. Uh, and it could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. If something is going on, like, you know, that shouldn't be going on or whatever, uh, a fight break off or something, you will have evidence. That's when there's evidence and that's when digital forensics have to get involved or whatever. But, but, but at this, go ahead. I was going to say, but the privacy risk itself is, uh, it's almost unavoidable right because what can i do to not have my privacy invaded by this drone that just flew through my backyard while i was you know sitting in the pool right exactly your privacy so that's why i guess it's gonna be invaded no matter what (laughs) yes it's like like facebook (laughs) and linkedin and everybody else yeah, our privacy is just out there for real, for real. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, our our stuff is out there regardless of how, how people want to see it. But mm-hmm. actually, last week, I was thinking about privacy with drones. And I was thinking, man, maybe I can invent something that will help blur out a person. And, and I'm saying it because I know I probably won't invent it. Maybe somebody else want to do it. But I just want it to be there, you know, on the drones. Okay. But... <laughs> But I guess I was thinking last week with privacy, maybe anything that's maybe walking or moving, mm-hmm. uh, you can kind of blur that out. Like if you so, take a, you know, like if you take a photo and you blur the background out, it's uh-huh. similar to that, you know, to that perspective. So anything that's moving or something. Um, so you, you, the person uh, flying the drone, would be responsible for that. Um, but I can see that being edited out, right? Once you have taken the photo and brought it up, you can then manipulate it. However, well, um, I was thinking more, when you started saying that, I was thinking, oh, like something I can just cover in my yard that if a drone comes by, they can't take a photo of it. No, no. See, <laughs> like a tinfoil. No, I'm just kidding. No, I would, I would put it on the pilots or the people that, that own the drones. I, you know, not, not necessarily them, but the manufacturers that make the drones mm-hmm. or, or have it or with the owners. I don't, like, I don't know how Amazon using their drones. I don't know if they're using like a, a tablet or a phone. And I doubt that, you know, they're using some type of uh, maybe a computer base or whatever. If they can install something that will block out any, it's like anything that's moving, you know, outside and just trying to get, or, or, or maybe since they're, con- actually since they are, using drones you know automatically you know autonomously then then you can pretty much block out the view until you get to your destination or something Mm -hmm. you know because if this because you really you do but you don't you kind of have to do spot checks you know like where's this drone at but at the same time if 
if they're using if they're not using it manually and a drone and you program the drone to go to that destination or whatever it's like well why do you need a vision anyway unless um, unless like i said if you want to do a spot check like check on it every you know few minutes or something like that but mm-hmm. don't just don't just look at everything that's going on in that neighborhood because the destination is getting that package to that person or whatever so so that's just that was just a thought i I don't know how yeah somebody's gonna steal it that's a share um i would yeah i think yeah uh, i think you should trademark and patent the idea that way when somebody does it you can at least collect royalties (laughs) <laughs> well, since I'm standing on the what's or since I'm standing on the air on this day and this time and it's yeah. gonna be documented, it says I came up with that idea and here's the proof because I got the timestamp. Yeah, this is Good Friday 2020. <laughs> yes. So if you file something after this, I'm gonna just assume that you stole uh some <laughs> We're gonna come for you. <laughs> yeah, but but I would like for somebody to you know invent, invent something yeah. like that because I, mm-hmm. I mean, because because privacy is really huge and it's gonna get. I mean, when this whole pandemic stop or whatever, you know, I, I I'm already thinking that that they're they're creating something now. Amazon, uh, FedEx, UPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, Verizon, IBM, I mean, those are the people are, that has drones. Oh, Google, they got their own drone business too. So, mm-hmm. yes. So, yeah. so yeah. It's, so hopefully. It's going to be a whole different world of technology once this is over. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, to improve on or build new things as people see, you know, some of the things they struggled with during this pandemic. Um that yeah drones probably going to be a big part of those mm-hmm. i just want my food delivered hot in 20 minutes <laughs> that's all i ask <laughs> i don't know i think this whole pandemic is slowing people down where where it's you know it's like well i could i could start boiling water now you know i don't have right, to put right. it in the microwave so it get hot i don't have nothing to do because my my job is bright in my bedroom or in my in my my studies or something so so yeah, yeah so but I don't know we shall see so what has been some struggles as a woman of color uh in obviously tech before and now uh cybersecurity? and what lessons have you learned or advice that you can give to other women of colors getting started in the field or are already in the field experiencing the same thing the challenges and the struggles that i've you know dealt with in in tech and cybersecurity is being a woman actually you know and and the reason I, <laughs> because there is so much judgment out here you know um and and I guess the only two species I could talk about is men and women. So men, they <laughs> <laughs> there might be other ones who knows. <laughs> right, I don't know. So so I guess they will look at me as some, somebody that's vulnerable. You know, somebody that don't know much, 
somebody that is uh, you almost have to hold their hand. Uh, someone that uh, don't think like them, you know, which means they may look at it as a weakness because I don't think like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they take because, it as strength. Right. Exactly. It's like I could bring something to the table or whatever, a, a different perspective mm-hmm. on, on things. Um, and also being at, at companies where being the only woman or and and at the time when I when I first started and everything an entry level person it's like you're entry level you're woman you're minority you're I mean checked all the boxes <laughs> exactly so so like man I can't wait till I get to non-entry level or whatever and then that at least that will go away mm-hmm. and because I guess I was treated as you know as a I don't know I I wasn't getting much respect I wasn't getting any respect they talked to me any type of way they uh and and as time went on I would think that okay they may be intimidated about with me you know but but at the same time it's like I'm trying to get everybody together so we can just do this job mm-hmm. and and be successful but they ha- but by having by them having their their thoughts their judgment their uh, everything that that was unnecessary they were kind of like putting me to the side i wasn't i wasn't getting like the exposure that i needed and and having exposure to your job or to the things that you need to do in order to be successful not just at your job but even outside of your job i wasn't getting that you know it took me a long time when i was telling you about my my background i did not see my career elevating for a long time you know so so it wasn't until I got into cybersecurity where I started seeing my, you know, my talents and, and, and everything that, that I knew and all my experiences, you know, get to that, you know, to the next level and to another level or what have you. But, but during, like before, I didn't, I did not see that because a lot of, a lot of guys, you know, because IT is a, is a man's world, you know, and I I mean, in a, in a perspective of that's all you see, you know, Mm -hmm. where, where it, it is, it is refreshing to see women, Mm -hmm. you know, in the tech field, just Mm -hmm. talking to you alone, that was refreshing before we even, you know, got onto your podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is so refreshing. Where, where <laughs> was these people when, cause I, because I'm from Chicago mm-hmm. and I didn't, I mean, I only probably only knew one person or two people that are females that was in the tech field in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, this is crazy. It's like, people don't understand, you know, my struggles that mm-hmm. the stuff that I went through or, or, and to be honest with you, 
you know, I was going through a struggle for the last two years. I, I've had imposter syndrome where I was not getting the exposure that I needed, you know, in order to grow. It may have helped, you know, that current situation, but it won't help me outside. And I look at that more, you know, the outside um, experiences where what can I bring to the table and how, and I know I could bring, you know, my charismatic, you know, uh, fun loving personality onto the table, but I'm talking about the tech experience, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, more so the people experience, like, can I talk to people? Mm-hmm. And that was another thing that, I've gotten to the point with my brand where talking to people, engaging with people, uh, regardless on what level that they are on. It's like, because I have no problems talking to, you know, someone at a, you know, um, a lower level compared to a higher level in the, in, you know, in the, in a company. So, so, and I can, and the thing is by having that, that talent that I can do both all that. Mm-hmm. When I was working at Georgia Aquarium, they needed a voice. They needed mm-hmm. a voice to uh, where the people that was working like with customers, like guest services and, and things in that nature, they, they had concerns and questions and, and, and they would come to me. And when they come to me, I would go to their senior level managers, like the VPs or, or the C-suites in that department mm-hmm. and let them know the concerns. Cause I was on this committee uh, called, I forgot what it was called, change it was like a change committee. Um, mm-hmm. But back to the imposter syndrome, it was a, it's a good thing and a bad thing. I went through that mm-hmm. because of the fact, because of the fact that it helped me to grow. It helped me to understand what's out there more. It's, it helps me to, to, to build what I need to build in order to, to, to grow, to get up to that, that, that next level because of the fact I'm going to, I had to come to the conclusion that I'm going to deal with those type of people. I, so, so it's like, I have to figure out, well, how can I talk to those people without insulting them or, or, or belittling them, even though I'm getting that way. But, but the thing is, it's not about, you know, how I feel because it's all about how I'm growing. And, and I, I felt, you know, every experience that I've ever had in, in, my, in my tech, um, in the tech industry, in the cybersecurity industry, I'm learning for, from each and every person that did me right and each and every person that did me wrong, where... If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here or there or wherever I needed to be because I'm the type of person, that's just a challenge. 
and I, and I just want to just say this little thing when when I was in when I was in high school mm-hmm. my oh, um what do you call him? my counselor my counselor mm-hmm. that's supposed to supposed to guide me you know to the right direction mm-hmm. I went to a predominantly white school and mm-hmm. and it, and the thing was that let's just say I wasn't being favored to, 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 you know, to help me get to a certain direction, which probably went, you know, I should have talked about this with your first question, you know, uh, how did I know that I needed a mentor because Mm -hmm. my counselor wasn't doing Jack, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) my counselor was was not doing much of what a counselor should be doing. (laughs) Yes. Was not doing much what a counselor uh, should be doing and but the thing was if it wasn't for that counselor I wouldn't be the strong person that I am today because of the struggles that I went through in order to get where I needed to go it wasn't somebody opening up a door for me it wasn't somebody uh, giving me a silver spoon in my mouth. It, you know, it was, it was something that I knew I needed to, uh, to go through and, and, and by me going through that, I kept thinking about that counselor when I got my, cause I got an associate's degree. When I got my associate's degree, I'm like, mm, I want, I would love to show him that. And I got my bachelor's degree. Uh, I would <laughs> love to show him that. Now I got my master's degree. I want to see a lie because I would <laughs> love to show him this, you know, and let him know that I just don't, I, I mean, because I don't, I, I don't need uh, for him to dictate to me, to tell me that the only thing I'm going to be is a furniture salesperson. I'm not. <laughs> you know? So, so I, so just even though I was, I was proven to him, you know, in a, you know, in a kind of, in a way where he won't know, unfortunately, but I was really, you know, showing him, even though he don't know and proving to myself that I am much better than what he said I am. You know, funny. I, I don't know what happened in high school, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> sounds like high school was rough. <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, I did not like high school at all. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for, for that counselor telling me what I can and cannot do, I probably wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have not went to college, but, mm-hmm. but when I started, but when I started, you know, college, I was like, okay, I could do this. All right, cool. You know, so I started liking it. And plus it wasn't a lot of discipline, you know, it, it seemed like mm-hmm. it was so much right. discipline in high school where mm-hmm. I could, I could set my own time. But at, at the end of the day, I, it's up to me to turn in my work. So mm-hmm. it gave me that responsibility and, you know, that's what I'm about. So Mm-hmm. So for uh, any micromanagers out there, I don't want to work for you. <laughs> you <know? So. laughs> yeah, me and you are not going to work out. <laughs> and so you're now going to end the podcast with, our, with a rap because we can't talk about the rap and not hear the rap at the same time. So, I mean, I can oh. post links. 
existing raps, but I think that a live rap is definitely needed um, right now. <laughs> it's like the finishing touches of yeah, the podcast. Like the <laughs> yeah, that's just little extra touch. <laughs> okay, so now I have a couple of them. Uh, want to hear the latest one? The latest one. Sure, yeah. <laughs> now, I wrote this rap about more so uh, training. Because especially at this time, you know, during this pandemic times, mm -hmm. that people need to actually uh, figure out what they want to do, how they want to do, and, and train to get certifications. Because this is a great time to do it mm -hmm. right now since we're locked indoors. Mm -hmm. And, and not, not only training me to be occurred, but also this is the day of hackers coming in yeah. to a bunch of websites, a bunch of computer systems, you know, filling your minds with mm -hmm. certain things that that's untrue. Mm -hmm. So, so this is a day of hacking. I'll say that. And, th and, and that being said, I want to say, on this day of hacking, we need to train our peeps. Cyber awareness training, password complexity, penetration testing, social engineering, threats and vulnerabilities, mini Fisher spearing. I'm just saying, botnets are spreading, risk management, cyber policies, missing ISOs, and HIPAA, don't you know? Don't forget the dumpster dive, the one that stole your PII, ransomware, what to do, mini pay without a clue, training is needed, people don't see it, I don't understand it, hacktivists and script kitties are on the rise, don't forget the nation state of organized crime, in addition, competition, insiders are on a mission, helping them puff like dog and heat, on this day of rapping or hacking, we need to train our peeps. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I I was feeling like if I was good at beatboxing, that's what I should have done. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no, this is not gonna work out. But that would have been really good with a, a better person on the other end, other than me. I mean, I could, I, I did have, I had the music, but I didn't know if I if I should have done the music with yeah, it. Yeah, you could have played the music. That's fine. I love it though. I'm definitely going to also include the link for her <laughs> new, our newest uh, rap, uh, so you can listen to the good version. But that was good. I love it. <laughs> Man, I almost uh, choked. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. But but yeah, I do have a link. Um so you know you seen that video? You seen the video? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. Okay, got it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So thank so thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I truly had fun. I oh really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. I had fun and I appreciate your time and I know that this is going to be really really helpful to somebody out there. And I'm grateful that, um, you know, this community is always willing to uh, give back to others and, you know, come on shows like this to tell their story. Because sometimes all it takes is just hearing another person's story um, to get you going. And you so know, let you know you're not alone in this journey. Yes, we're not alone. And 
And um, I I didn't know until I, I became, you know, cybersecurity professional, to be honest with you. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 do, I do think the security community is definitely more uh, welcoming, more open, mm -hmm. um, and are more intentional with creating relationships with people and stuff like that versus other areas of IT, uh, which is a little bit more closed in um, <laughs> definitely mm -hmm. not that many women in, in those areas so yeah so true so true i hope that you enjoyed that episode i wanted to let you know that if you have any questions that you would like answered on this podcast that you can email them to info at bridgesintact.com if you have someone that you would like for me to interview or you would like me to interview you uh, you may also go ahead and email that information to info at bridgesandtalk.com. Also visit our website at bridgesandtalk.com to learn more about all the other services that we offer. I also want to personally invite you to our weekly happy hour, which is a great opportunity to connect with other technology professionals and learn about what they're working on, lessons learned, similar to the podcast, but we can all chat at the same time and answer any questions that you may have. So to get that information, you want to go to our website and click on virtual happy hour to get invited. I hope to see you sometime. And as always, you can find me on your favorite social media uh, platform, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Joanna Udo or Judo Hub. Until next week.